Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. Glad to have you with us again this fine fall morning. Fall seems odd to say it should still be spring. Uh, this year's going too fast. Um, I have with me today John Palatiello and J.B. Bird. Uh, probably anybody who's listening to this show know who both John and J.B. are. Uh, John is our uh, consultant, or his firm is our consultant for government affairs, and J.B. is our registered lobbyist. So, John and J.B., thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate being with you. Thank you, Kurt, as well. Yeah, I thought it might be a good idea to kind of catch up. There's a lot of things going on, um, and a lot of things we've been involved in, and you guys have obviously been involved in. So I thought I would maybe catch everybody up on where that is heading into, I guess, whatever election cycle we'll have this coming year. Sounds like it might be an, an interesting time as we uh, have lots of votes on what's happening in the Congress. So uh, I don't know if you, you either one have any thoughts about that part of it and to, to begin with, but uh, nonetheless, um, we can at least talk about the whole concept, and maybe this does tie to the election, where a lot of folks seem to w- would have us believe nothing's going on in Washington other than bickering. Um, but uh, as you guys know, there are a lot of, a lot of things happening. Well, there's certainly a lot of bickering, that's for sure. Um, but if you sort of cut through that noise, there's actually been a lot of action in Congress and a lot of activity on um, things that are of interest and um, have an impact on the surveying profession. And hopefully over the course of the next hour we can get into some detail on uh, a good number of them. But I'll be honest with you, I think there are too many to to cover in an hour, but we've um, we've seen action on things like uh, FEMA reform, the FLARE Act, uh, Federal Aviation Administration bill, the Geospatial Data Act, Digital Coast, 3DEP, uh, all of those are programs, activities, and legislation that in which NSPS has a great interest, and all of them have uh, been the subject of action in Congress. Uh, Just as an example, and and J.B. can fill in on a lot of the details with his uh, boots-on-the-ground activity on our behalf on Capitol Hill, but for example, um, there is a a very good FEMA bill that uh, NSPS was involved in drafting uh, that has been introduced in Congress, and there's actually a a FEMA bill that we had some concerns about, and um, uh, Wendy Lathrop on behalf of NSPS and Jim Nadeau uh, on behalf of NSPS and, and you, Kurt, and JB and myself had a meeting with the staff of Congressman Crawford from Arkansas and uh, explained uh, a little bit more about the way the FEMA program operates, the way the TMAC, the Technical Mapping Advisory Council operates to provide uh, outside input and advice to FEMA and how it works. And um, I think as a result of that, uh, there will likely not be action on that bill. I think they have a much better understanding of the program. So uh, in summary, there is some good news on positive action on things that have happened and uh, also good news from the standpoint that I think we've been able to... um, 
uh, work to defeat or slow down or change some legislation that may not have been good for the public or good for the surveying profession. Excellent. Yeah, and, and I we hadn't really talked a lot about the the uh, the bill that's that has that's related to the TMAC and and what was going to happen with that whole program. Uh, the the bill, as you obviously know, was looked like it might be even changing homes for for the activity related there and whether or not TMAC would still be uh, be considered. But I assume with it being on hold, TMAC is is okay for now. It is. Um, there were two things in Mr. Crawford's bill um, that were a red flag for NSPS, and we uh, we promptly became aware of it and had a chance to uh, explain uh, our position and, and the impact on not only surveyors but also on uh, homeowners and um, and the program itself. And that was number one, as you alluded to, Kurt. It would have moved the program, the FEMA Flood Risk Mapping Program, from FEMA to the USGS. And we talked to folks within NSPS that were on both sides of that question. Some thought the move would be good. Some others thought um, it was uh, better left within FEMA. But the second thing was that it would have reconstituted the TMAC so that it was essentially a government committee. And we were, I think, successful in articulating the fact that the outside input, that folks like Wendy and Jim and others, um, Wendy as a member and um, Jim as an interested party surveyor and others can provide to FEMA and have provided to FEMA, has actually been valuable. Um, with regard to the USGS program, uh, we, we finally came to the conclusion that that um, moving it to USGS probably was not the best course of action um, because there are a lot of other things involved in the FEMA program, and some of those would have been moved and some wouldn't, and some may have been um, better housed in FEMA than in USGS. but. The, the fact of the matter is that uh, I think we were successful in uh, educating some folks in Congress and uh, I think successful in stopping a, a bill that could have been rather negative uh, from moving forward. Right. And the situation wasn't necessarily the, the best situation, but it turned out to be a good situation from the perspective that we were able to get Jim and Wendy to come down and talk. Uh, on our behalf, and that was a, sort of a good introduction for Jim, because as you know, Wendy, sometime in the not too distant future, is going to going to not be able to to play that role for NSPS, and and Jim is uh, a really good uh, really good person to take that on. So at least it, it, this gave him an opportunity to to get involved, so to speak. Absolutely, and you know, a successful government relations program, you have to play both offense and defense. And certainly, things that you know NSPS would like to see uh, become government policy or legislation that NSPS would like to see become law. But you also have to have your eyes and ears open and see other things that are happening that maybe are beyond your control or you weren't involved in. And if they're adverse to the interests of surveyors and the clients that surveyors uh, serve, then you have to play defense and uh, 
and get involved uh, in those activities, and that's certainly what we did here. And uh, I think um, we have members of Congress that uh, much better understand the program and the TMAC as a result of NSPS's effort. Right, and, and I think it also points out the, the importance and the critical nature, really, of the relationship we have with you guys, uh, because you're there, you're on top of what's happening, um, and and understand the process much better than any of us who are either in my chair or as members uh, might have to be able to keep us abreast. <coughs> excuse me, of what's going on, and also. Um, begin to have those conversations even sometimes before we need to be there so uh, often you know we're we're looking at a, a dues increase in, in nsps to make sure we can continue to fulfill our obligations to uh, the profession and to our members and um, I, I, these, these are the kind of things i think that just points out how critical that is and and helping our members understand that i think is a really important role for us because um uh, we'd be in, be in bad shape if we didn't have the kind of assistance that you guys provide. Well, you're very kind, and uh, we appreciate that, and it's uh, flattering that it's recognized. And, you know, a great deal of that credit goes to JB, because as I said, he's the boots on the ground. He's the guy who's there. Um, and he comes into our office, and the rest of the staff say, uh, who are you? Do you still work here? Because JB spends so much of his time on Capitol Hill. And that's, that's what his job is, and he does it well. So, um, you know, we have members of Congress contacting JB because of the reputation that he has. And, um, you know, they'll be writing legislation and say, we want to include something regarding surveying or geospatial or GIS in this bill. Can you, can you help us? And, um, you know, that's just an extraordinary asset that, um, that is brought to the table. Uh, I think our members should know, Kurt, that you and I are in contact by telephone or email virtually on a daily basis. Uh, Pat Smith, who's a very able chair of our Government Affairs Committee, is also someone that we communicate with on a very regular basis. its uh, I don't think a week goes by that we're not um, consulting with, uh, with Pat or asking his input or asking what direction we should go on on things and um i think we have a very good uh, team approach and uh i like to think uh members are being well served and, and being well represented yeah you know you were talking about jb spending his time mostly on the hill and another thing for the listeners and for the membership to, to understand is that the fact that he's able to do that um through through working in in your organization and the coalitions he's been able to be a part of and build, and all of those things play a role in effectiveness um, and our ability to get other people to to assist us, and we assist them as as we go along. And I'm, that, that's a part of it that I'm not sure. The, just the person thinking about this from the you know the the high altitude looking down at it wouldn't necessarily see, but I see it and and understand just how important that is. And, Kurt, let me jump in there. This is JB. Uh, thanks for very nice uh, words from both of you. Uh, let me just point out, I'll piggyback on what John Pelletiello just mentioned and also mentioned somewhat, some, another example of being proactive. Um, we were the first group, NSPS was the first group to visit with Mr. Crawford. 
and that is continuing to bear fruits for NSPS. Uh, when we when we first uh, received word from another office that Mr. Crawford was about to introduce his uh, NFIP reform bill, uh, we were the first ones to reach out and literally go in and meet with the staff of Mr. Crawford and hear from their perspective why they thought their version of the bill was necessary. And what that's, what, what that, what that's allowed to do um, outside of uh, what John earlier explained is that we are now working close with Mr. Crawford on an event uh, next month on Capitol Hill connected to NFIP reform as well as 3DEP within USGS, the 3D Elevation Program. And so that all started based on uh, intel that we picked up from other offices on Capitol Hill, and then we had to be proactive at that point uh, in, in connecting the dots. Another example would be... Let's pick up, that, uh, let's pick up the other example, JB, when we come back. It's time for sure. us to take a break. So we'll go to our break and be back in a couple of minutes. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Come join us on September 22nd at Historic Fourth Ward Park for the first ever Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Walk a Mile in Her Shoes asks men to literally walk one mile in women's high heel shoes as a way to express empathy to all victims of sexual assault. It's a lighthearted way to get the community talking about a difficult subject. Are you man enough? Come join us. All proceeds benefit Day League, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. For more information and to register, go to Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying quick stakes. Did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick stakes, your back friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with John Paltello and J.B. Bird talking about the NSPS Government Affairs Program. And before we went to the break, J.B., you were beginning to tell us about some of the fruits of this ability to meet with other people and create coalitions and how it positions us to be at the forefront of things. As you said, the first people to contact uh, Representative Crawford on the NFIP bill. And then uh, you, you were beginning to say something else about that, that whole arrangement and when we had to go to break. So if you would continue sure. with that. Absolutely, Kurt. Um, so, yes, uh, being proactive on the Hill often means literally uh, reaching out to uh, whether it's personal office staff of a senator or a member of Congress or the committees of jurisdiction for any of our issues. And then occasionally there'll be a different kind of hybrid opportunity. And what I mean by that is when a personal office uh, creates uh, a caucus, which is 
typically the caucuses are bipartisan in nature. And an example of this where NSPS has actually done a lot of work with a caucus is um, the Smart Cities Caucus. And the focus uh, there is that a, a Democrat from New York, uh, Congresswoman Yvette Clark, uh, as well as a Republican from California, Daryl Issa, the two members of Congress, in a bipartisan manner earlier this year, started the Smart Cities Caucus. And their goal was to leverage all sorts of new technologies to make and allow for uh, uh, cities and uh, municipal government and uh, urban locations to, to run more efficiently. And what they really wanted to focus on was uh, a combination of infrastructure to uh, 4G and 5G technologies, to workforce development, uh, to a wide variety of those uh, sub-issues, if you will, connected to that specific caucus. And because NSPS did some legwork in reaching out to both Mrs. Clark as well as Mr. Issa, um, Roughly once a month, that caucus meets, and they'll do a briefing, a congressional panel, if you will. And twice NSPS has been invited, and twice NSPS has accepted to come in and provide and leverage our expertise from the, the surveying perspective. And the first time was to focus on workforce development and how the 21st century professional surveyor differs greatly from the 18th century and so forth, and what kind of upgrades in technology and what kind of uh, education and what kind of training and what kind of licensing uh, is involved with the profession these days. And uh, so that was uh, pretty eye-opening, especially with the discussion of using unmanned aerial systems, UAS, drones, uh, as part of the new age, if you will, of surveying. And then uh, another uh, JB, before you, JB, before you move on, I just want to make sure that we acknowledge that uh, Brian Haney, uh, a surveyor from Baltimore, a firm called Century Engineering in, in Hunt Valley, Maryland, outside of Baltimore, uh, came in and, and was a panelist at that session. And Brian has been very uh, uh, involved as the chair of the Workforce Development Committee for the Maryland Society of Surveyors. And he has led an effort with the city of Baltimore that actually was on the cover of POB magazine last year um, to get young people introduced to and actually begin to help them start their careers in surveying. And Brian did an excellent job on behalf of NSPS in talking about workforce development and attracting and recruiting the next generation of surveyors. Yeah, thanks, John. I, that that points out, I think, for for our audience to to grasp is just how how important it is that we have members involved, uh, whatever their particular expertise or whatever their particular information about any uh, a bill or something might come along. Um, I know that's more difficult than it than it might sound, just because we have members all over the country. But but it is very important, and I'm glad you were able to mention Brian. Well, to the extent that uh, the, the expense or the, the, the schedule of a surveyor permits, uh, JB and I are big believers that if we can actually get a practicing surveyor to come into a meeting on Capitol Hill, that has an enormous impact. And that's what we did with Brian on workforce development. That's what we did with Wendy and Jim with regard to meeting with Congressman Crawford's staff to talk about FEMA. 
So, um, you know, we, we have a certain degree of knowledge, uh, and, and JB in particular, but uh, to me there's no substitute to a real-life surveyor coming in and talking about surveying, and we're just thrilled when members are, are willing to step forward and respond to a request that we have because uh, it works, and uh, the influence of the surveying profession is enhanced when our members can take the time to come in and provide their knowledge and expertise to our lawmakers. Absolutely, and, and oftentimes people are, are a little timid about doing that, and I always try to encourage people and say, well, who's going to know more about it than you? Because, so it's that... That's really you, good. You come, you come in, and you're going to know more about surveying than anybody else in the room. And I, I want to tell you, despite that trepidation, uh, whether or not it actually exists, our members always do a great job, and I'm always very proud of them when they come in and participate in different forums like that. So, JD, I'm sorry, we got a little off track and interrupted you, and you <laughs> were going to great. That's great. You with another point or two. No, I'm great. That's great. Uh, no, so, and, and John's exactly right. Brian did a fantastic job uh, of bringing the telecom, the broadband folks that were attending that workforce development uh, uh, panel up to speed on on our profession. And so uh, that was incredibly helpful. He did a great job. And then uh, the second opportunity for NSPS uh, to to go before and provide remarks before that caucus. Uh, dealt with uh, John Pelletiello then coming in and discussing a couple different bills and how the data uh, that the bills would um, provide for would allow for more efficient, more effective um, uh, uh, city use and city deployment. Uh, a couple of those bills and bill numbers that John had a chance to discuss included um, the FLARE Act, the Federal Land Asset Inventory Reform Act, which is HR. 2199, 2199, as well as the Digital Coast Act, which is H.R. 4062-4062. And then what we've also mentioned previously was the uh, the Images Act, which is a uh, bipartisan bill in the House Financial Services Committee uh, by Congressman uh, Alex Mooney and Vasante Gonzalez, uh, Republican from West Virginia, Democrat from Texas, uh, teamed up on the Images Act, H.R. 4905. And so uh, John did a great opportunity, had, had a great opportunity, did a great job of promoting what the survey and mapping and geospatial data that would be collected through the various bills could go on to aid uh, more efficient government uh, applications and uh, public policy issues as a result connected to the uh, specific goals of the caucus. So uh, that's, again, we're uh, being proactive, reaching out, uh, taking advantage, quite frankly, of, of these kind of hybrid opportunities where, again, it may not be your typical meeting with a member of Congress and their personal staff, nor a meeting with the committee staff, but where you have a combination of where the personal staff and the committee staff, and there's a, there's another way to get the NSPS voice out and to uh, be proactive, and that's another really good example in my view. As a matter of fact, as you were talking about that, JV, it brought brought to mind the the whole idea of timing for introduction of bills and processes they go through because sometimes i think um you'll hear about a bill and people will say oh wow that's that's a big deal and then you really don't hear a whole lot 
oftentimes for some time to come. And I think people sort of forget or wonder what happened or whatever, but the fact is there's typically a pretty long process. So, you know, we get excited when a bill comes out and we're either for it or against it, but then I guess we sort of lose track not realizing that none of these things happen instantaneously. No, it's quite a process, and, um, you know, part of the service that we provide uh, for, for NSPS is, is keeping track of things and knowing where they are and where they may or may not be moving, and, uh, again, um, JB does a great job of uh, really being on top of those things. Uh, speaking of all things government, and here we are in an election year, uh, at least for part of our leadership, and so you keep hearing about uh, all these things about government shutdowns or uh, when things are going to happen or not happen. And uh, you could probably spend a couple of months just talking about those types of issues. But uh, what's your thoughts on all the, on the whole shutdown thing? I don't think it's going to happen. There is an agreement that was reached on what's called the continuing resolution, and that's uh, – a resolution of Congress that's sent to the president to keep funding the government. Uh, the one that they've reached agreement on will fund the government through December 7th. The, the fiscal year begins on October 1st, so we're not likely to see a, a government shutdown. Um, and then beyond that, Congress is actually making good progress on the regular appropriations bills. There are 13 appropriations bills that uh, the Congress is supposed to act upon each year to fund different agencies of the government. And um, both the House and Senate are actually working through uh, getting to them all. Um, they won't get through them all by October 1st, but this continuing resolution is sort of a bridge to, to keep the government open. But yet um, uh, soon to be sent to the president's desk are bills for the Department of Defense, uh, the Department of Labor, Health and Human Services, uh, Energy and Water, which is an important one for a lot of NSPS members because that has funding for Corps of Engineers and Bureau of Reclamation and agencies like that, and one for military construction. So all of our members that are working on, on anything with regard to construction at military bases, all of those appropriations bills are about ready to go to the president. So they're they're making good progress, and, and fortunately, uh, I think the odds of there being a government shutdown on October 1st are, are pretty slim at this point. Yeah, that's, that's good to know, and also good to, to know that, that things are moving along. And uh, although if you listened only to the media, and it doesn't matter which side of the media you, you choose to listen to, um, you could very easily get the uh, the thought that hey nothing's happening, so it's good for our listeners to know that that things are happening. So yeah, and you mentioned the fiscal year. Maybe you can just fill us in on timing. Yeah, I think you were, you may have already mentioned that. What's the date again? Or Yes, the, uh, so the fiscal year begins October 1. There is October a continuing 1. resolution that's been agreed to that will fund the government through December 7th, so uh, that will give Congress time to work on regular appropriations bills. Right. So well, there, the, the, the Congress has a limited number of days they're going to stay in, at least the House is going to stay in before the election. I think the Senate will stay in longer, but they will both come back for what's called a lame duck session after 
uh, election day in November, and that's when they'll work on appropriations and a number of other uh, issues. Okay. Well, let's go to our second break. We'll come back in a couple of minutes and talk about that and, and other things. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Come join us on September 22nd at Historic Fourth Ward Park for the first ever Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Walk a Mile in Her Shoes asks men to literally walk one mile in women's high heel shoes as a way to express empathy to all victims of sexual assault. It's a lighthearted way to get the community talking about a difficult subject. Are you man enough? Come join us. All proceeds benefit Day League, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. For more information and to register, go to Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying quick stakes. Did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick stakes, your back friendly steak. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to our show today with John Paltillo and J.B. Bird. We've talked about a lot of things about order and process and a number of bills, and one of those that we've been paying a lot of attention to and has been ongoing now for quite some time, and we've been active in along with other other folks on one side or the other of the discussion is is the geospatial data act so uh, john maybe you can tell us what's going on there well a lot has been going on kurt and uh, i'm pleased to report that uh, i believe we have a final agreement on the bill and uh, it looks like the bill will now be able to move uh, either as a freestanding bill or it may get uh, wrapped up into uh, some larger bill, whether it's an FAA bill or something else that Congress is likely to take up. But um, there were a number of issues on which there was, um, frankly, disagreement from a lot of different parties. And through the efforts of the staff of Senator Hatch of Utah, who's the sponsor of the bill in the Senate, um, I think uh, there's an agreement that has been reached among the Senate, uh, different committees of the Senate, the Trump administration, Office of Management and Budget, the Department of the Interior, and the FGDC, uh, other geospatial organizations, the Department of Defense, and um, just a whole variety of different stakeholders that had uh, some interest in the bill. And um, 
So the most recent version of the bill is S2128. And uh, to refresh everyone's memory very briefly, there was an original bill, both in the House and the Senate, uh, S1253 and in the House, H.R. 3522. There were two provisions in those bills as introduced that NSPS certainly supported, but some other organizations did not. Um, they were Sections 11 and 12. Section 11 had a... Uh, two provisions within it. One talked about the government using the private sector to the maximum extent possible, and the other was uh, a specific provision clarifying the application of the Brooks Act, or Qualifications-Based Selection, to federal contracts. And um, a number of the GIS organizations objected to that, as well as Section 12, which was a uh, a reaffirmation of the primacy or the um, uh, the application of state licensing law, and that the the federal government would not supersede or preempt state licensing law. And so the the revised bills did not have sections 11 and 12, and that uh, stimulated a very long and very intense and rather passionate um, series of negotiations. But we have been in the middle of those discussions and negotiations, and um, I think we've reached an accommodation where while Sections 11 and 12, as they were in the original bill, will not appear in this compromise, uh, in large measure what NSPS was seeking from a policy standpoint will be in the final bill. And we're very pleased that... Um, those negotiations were indeed uh, uh, fruitful and that uh, an agreement has been reached. So uh, not sure exactly when we will start to see actual legislative action. Uh, it could be within the next couple of days, but uh, we firmly believe that uh, an accommodation and an agreement has been reached. So... It, with this new uh, arrangement or this new agreement, uh, did I understand correctly that this this accommodation or agreement that came about um, was in place of 11 and 12 or restated those issues somehow? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, so it's a replace. The language that will be in the final bill will be a replacement to sections 11 and 12, but they will also sort of restate. The, the policy objective in a different way, and that's okay. where compromise was it was able to be reached. And for the listener's perspective or for information, the the, the policy you were talking about it relates to uh, professional services and their procurement, correct? Uh, professional services and their procurement uh, as a um, best practices model. But more importantly, uh, Senator Hatch personally came to the conclusion that it was necessary to have what's called the savings clause that basically says that nothing in this act will amend or change or usurp any existing law unless the bill specifically um, has an amendment to existing law. So um, that will um, preserve state licensing. Uh, make it clear that the bill does not preempt the states. And as I said, the senator personally uh, felt that that was necessary in the bill. 
So it's not exactly the same wording that was in uh, Section 12 of the original bill. Um, it's been reworded a bit, but uh, it will be in there. And that, that savings clause, obviously we've heard that term before, and, and it basically, as it, as it implies, um, protects the laws now that are on the books with regard to this, to procurement exactly. all those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a that's a huge, um, again, playing defense more than offense, uh, it's a huge victory for NSPS. Agreed. We, I know during the break, JB and I were talking a little bit about 3DEP. I don't think we've talked about it on the air yet. Uh, what's the latest there? So, okay. JB, you wanna, you've been really involved in that. Do you want to take that one? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, Kurt. So the USGS has a program known as the 3D Elevation Program, or known as 3DAP. And uh, we've definitely seen some traction uh, and a good bit of progress, quite frankly, behind the scenes. And when I say behind the scenes, um, without there being a specific bill out there here or there or how can we advance the program uh, NSPS is working uh, within a coalition and one of the best ways that we can leverage our membership in that coalition is to have the various state affiliates state societies play a role in localizing the impacts and the benefits for advanced elevation data, mainly through uh, the use of LIDAR uh, technology. And one great example of this uh, most recently was the Oregon affiliate, uh, PLSO. And what they were able to do was to get the attention of uh, Congressman Kurt Schrader, a Democrat from Oregon, and the congressman was invited by PLSO earlier this year to uh, take a, take part in a technology exhibition, an outdoors one that included the use of an unmanned aerial system or drone, UAS. And uh, the great folks at PLSO were able to put this together so that um, the congressman could literally not only see the how the data was collected through the use of the UAS, but to hear about the the public policies that could that could benefit uh, specific to Oregon, and um, that was just a tremendous uh, success story. And quite frankly, we would like to see it emulated by other uh, affiliates and other uh, state societies because uh, already what PLSO has been able to do with that is to actually put together a publication with several pictures that were taken of the congressman, taking a look at the, the different visualization opportunities connected to the elevation data that was collected. And what that really means for us, though, here in Washington, D.C., and inside the Beltway, is now we have someone, in mem a member of Congress from Oregon, who's on an important committee, the Energy and Commerce Committee, who has a much better... Uh, level of sophistication when it comes to knowing about the surveying community, about where the surveying profession comes into play, connected to 3DAP, and then because of the constituency connection, now has a vested interest knowing that, uh, you know, uh, we'd like to pursue uh, some opportunities later this Congress and certainly into next Congress to work with the congressman and the committee uh, as they take a look at uh, perhaps a new version of infrastructure uh, and, and uh, the applications that 3DEP uh, can come into play and, and, again, benefit from a public policy perspective. So that was just, I think, an outstanding success story of 
the great folks in Oregon leveraging their connection to a member of Congress and really uh, going out of their way to showcase how 3 um is important now and, and into the future. Now, where are we uh, specifically with 3 funding? And as John has already uh, elaborated, uh, a good bit uh, about the appropriation cycle. The one bill uh, that uh, Congress is still working on is the one that funds the Department of the Interior. And within USGS, that's where USGS and the 3DAP program resides. And while the bill hasn't been officially enacted yet, that would uh, you know, allow for prompt appropriations for USGS and, and 3DAP, what the, what the Congress has already done is the House has a version of a bill and the Senate has a version of a funding bill. In the House uh, language, in the report language, on the House side, there is a $1.5 million increase for 3DEP. On the Senate side, there is an increase of just over $1.7 million for 3DEP. And that is a step in a positive direction. That is a success story of a wide variety of coalition members behind 3DEP, of which NSPS has been a leading voice in champion um, uh, enhanced and in a growing amount of funding for 3DEP. And so when we see this positive language where both the House and Senate has agreed to increase to boost 3DEP, uh, in this kind of budget environment, that is a major success, success story for NSPS. And last week I had a chance to catch up with uh, US Direct, USGS Director Jim Riley on Capitol Hill. Uh, NSPS is also a member of the USGS Coalition. And last week uh, there was a USGS Coalition reception and the director was invited to speak. He literally had just arrived back from uh, Hawaii and it brought his family, his children with him to the event. And we had a good discussion before the event began. And then in his uh, prepared remarks, when he delivered them, uh, about every fifth sentence in his uh, speech referred back to 3DAP and how it is the number one priority at USGS now. And that was, a, again, a, a, I think a very important uh, point to, to articulate is uh, over the last several years, is the more NSPS has really gotten involved with 3DAP, we've seen an at, a, a, a correlation with not just the funding, but the attention that USGS is receiving externally and internally for the program, and a larger demand for enhanced elevation data, and therefore we believe even more use and even more applications, and therefore a higher demand for the data, which we think will benefit um, the profession even more. So that's kind of where we are right now, increased funding, increased attention, and just really good, positive uh, steps forward for the program. Perfect timing because it's time to go to another break. So let's do that. We'll be back in a couple of minutes for our last segment. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800 438 
888-253-0387 or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying quick stakes. Did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're here for our last segment with John Palazzello and J.B. Bird. Yes. And thanks for that um, that discussion about 3DEP, J.B. Um, I was particularly excited about the part where the Oregon Society was involved and through their lobbyist and through their government affairs team within the society. Um uh, Taken a big role in moving that forward with uh, with the legislator, the congressman, and just a perfect example of how this whole program is supposed to work. How, how yes, it's a national program through NSPS, but it it really needs the support and and in, involvement of the state societies also because they're the closest to the legislators, obviously. So, <coughs> excuse me. Thanks for bringing that up and and i want to follow up with you guys on ideas about reaching out and finding ways to get our other societies as involved as as oregon was on that issue right great absolutely i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that uh the great help that uh their lobbyist daryl fuller had 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 played in this he he did a lot of this heavy lifting and fantastic coordination between the state and, and here in dc yeah, thanks for and that. And Kurt, there, Kurt, I wanted to bring up a uh, another opportunity for that uh, NSPS and state society and federal legislation and 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 state legislation uh, model, and that is with regard to the NSRS, the National Spatial Reference System, twenty twenty two, the new datum that's being implemented by the National Geodetic Survey. Um, you're part of an ongoing liaison that um, uh, NSPS has with NGS. Uh, NSPS has been involved in developing model legislation for the states on this, and uh, the time is coming for the state societies to get involved in um, promoting that legislation in their states. And as you and I discussed the other day, um, when the NSPS board meets next month and JB and I put together our report, we're going to include a recommendation that NSPS create a committee with representatives from all of the states so that we're working in unison and we're sharing information and um, making the argument or in our advocacy at the state level uh, 
how to best articulate what the new datum is, why it's important, why their state should adopt it, and um, what works in terms of selling this idea to state legislators. So we think having sort of that cross-pollination from state to state um, in, ex- in sharing experiences and information about how they're promoting their NSRS legislation will be very helpful to all the members, and it's another example of where NSPS and the state organizations can work together and, and help one another. So, yeah, um, and speaking about that, John, I, I know you and I have had some conversations about this and how important it is, and, and I think it's critical for everybody to know that where our state societies and our members and our representatives in the states come into this is having people speak just kind of plain language to the state legislators or whatever the agencies are in the states that are going to be dealing with this to help them understand what it is, how important it is, um, and you know, be able to speak at, at, at their level, if you will, because <laughs> sometimes it's hard to do that. And, and in many cases, the, the, the local surveyor, so to, so to speak, is more able to do that than... than uh, somebody who, who you know is not there or not in the you know the whole private practice side of things so it really well, is important yes the nsrs is a highly technical issue and uh the average legislator this is not a criticism it's it's just an honest observation because i've 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 witnessed it i've experienced it the average legislator is not going to understand what a datum is or why we need a new one and what the implications of that are and so the role of surveyors is, is, as you say, is going to be to try to um, educate legislators on those issues, but to do so in layman's language, um, in, in a manner in which the, not the surveyor or the engineer uh, understands, but to make sure that it's done in a way that the, uh, that the legislator understands. And so that's a very important role for surveyors and NSPS and our uh, state organizations. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're going to make that point at the meeting because it is so critical. And just getting that mindset into our state societies, uh, we're obviously going to be able to talk about it with our state directors. Uh, I, I think through your office and ours, we really need to, for lack of a better term, reach deeper as well and and put information together and and uh, strategies together that we can share directly through the state societies themselves, although our directors will be going back home, uh, we can provide more information that will help them uh, push that agenda or at least put it in front of their overall state leadership. Absolutely. Okay, we always sort of get back to our Brooks Act because it's uh, the gift that keeps on giving, it seems. Or maybe I should say the gift that keeps on taking. I don't don't know which is the right terminology. Um, But I know there's been some discussion and continues to be discussion over time and this crops up and, you know, you guys are really good about getting letters out when when things happen that shouldn't be happening and... uh, have beginning those conversations and it seems like a never-ending educational process uh, so I was just curious if you could provide the audience with uh, with what's happening or what's the most recent thing there well you're you're absolutely right about it being a, a, a constant education challenge um, 
so what's happening is uh, NSPS is a member of COFPACE, the Council on Federal Procurement of Architect Engineer Services, which is the organization that preserves, protects, defends, and promotes the Brooks Act, the qualifications-based selection process. And um, one of the things that we have been hearing from both our members as contractors or competitors for government contracts, as well as from individuals in the federal government, is it is taking an extraordinary length of time to do Brooks Act contracts. And so we have opened a dialogue with the White House, the Office of Federal Procurement Policy in the White House, to start identifying why uh, it is taking so long and what can be done to streamline the process. And while we're having that discussion, we're seeing examples of where uh, things go off the rails. The most recent was um, a NSPS member brought to our attention a procurement by the Army um, on a military installation in Washington State. And surprisingly, the Army was in t attempting to do a road center line, a right-of-way, um, and I think utility survey um, by a reverse auction, which is um, sort of an eBay kind of thing where uh, they post the requirement and then over the next 48 hours, individuals can bid to do that work and it goes lower and lower and lower. So instead of an auctioneer driving up the price, this is a reverse auction to drive it lower and lower and lower. Well, we were able to inform the contracting officer that um, that uh, that reverse auction is not appropriate, in fact, against the law for um, a professional service like surveying, and we were successful in having that procurement canceled. And uh, this is a, a service that we provide to our members, Kurt, that you and I work on together. If an individual sees something, um, it's like that Homeland Security slogan, if you see something, say something. Well, if an NSPS member sees something about procurement that doesn't seem right, they bring it to your attention, you and I work together, and we will contact the contracting officer with a polite communication pointing out what the requirements of the law are. And we have a very good track record in getting those things um, put back on the right path. So this was just another example of where we were successful in doing that just within the last few weeks. So we have both of a short-term problem-solving process, but in the longer term, we're working on um, making the Brooks Act work even better for the profession and for the citizens and the taxpayers. That's that's very, very true, and, and appreciate all the work that you guys do there. Well, we're about three minutes and 15 seconds out, so talk a little bit about just how important it is for the, us, our PAC and the role that it plays in our program. Well, I'm going to tee this one up and then turn it over to JB, but we're less than two months from a very important election. Um, the entire U.S. House of Representatives and a third of the United States Senate is up. Uh, for election in November. This is what's uh, known as a midterm election because it's in the middle of a presidential term. And uh, now is the time that NSPS members should be taking out their checkbooks or their credit card, going to the NSPS website, 
and making a personal contribution to the pack. Uh, this is what opens doors. This is this is the legal, ethical, honest way for professionals like surveyors to participate in our great uh, democratic, uh, Republican, representative form of government. And um, so, whether it's even ten dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever an individual can afford, really encourage uh, NSPS members to support the pack and provide uh, that tool that the, that the society and the profession needs to, um, to have its voice heard uh, and elect members of Congress who, who are willing to understand what surveying is all about and, and, uh, and provide us good government in response to that. J.B., I'm and, sure you have and to just real quickly, Just real quickly, so nobody uh, gets the wrong impression, when John mentions the Republican way to do it, he's talking about the process, not the parties. I'm talking a small R, I said it, yes, a small R Republican uh, form of democratic government. I'm using the small letters, not the capital. Our PAC is very bipartisan and supports members of both parties. Um, the standard is, are they individuals that understand surveying and in a position to be able uh, to do the right thing for surveying, and, and that's uh, uh, the standard upon which we evaluate, the, the committee evaluates candidates. So we're down to a minute, J.B. Great. Uh, I just want to close up by uh, uh, putting a shout-out there for John Warren, who's the NSPS PAC chair, and he's been doing a great job behind the scenes bringing in some new uh, contributors from the membership. Um, the role for the NSPS PAC, and what really comes into play for me, quite frankly, from a, per, from a very selfish point of view, is uh, every little bit that, that you all can chip in and contribute, that goes into an opportunity to open more doors for me. And the more doors I get to open up, that's more proactive opportunities, that's more opportunities that we can leverage as a, a, as a membership to to uh, help influence, quite frankly, and educate members of Congress, both in the Senate and the House. What's really at stake, as John mentioned, the numbers, you look at what the PAC does is we try to support folks, on one hand, that know, already know the community and work with us very closely in a bipartisan manner. Most of the bills that we have are bipartisan. The second thing is there's going to be a tremendous amount of turnover in this election. It's a great opportunity to welcome and introduce NSPS most probably for the first time to a lot of incoming freshman members of the Senate and the House. So this Absolutely is one of those, true, uh, J.B. I, I hate to break it short, but we're a little over time anyway. So thanks. Let's talk about maybe coming back and having us pick up and cover the other issues we wanted to get to today. But thank you so much both for being with us. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Thanks. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.